0: Welcome to the Savvy Sauce, where we have practical chats for intentional living. I'm your host, Laura Duggar, and I'm so glad you're here. The principles of honesty and integrity that Sam Lehman founded his business on continue today over 55 years later at Sam Lehman Chevrolet Buick in Eureka. Owned and operated by the Birchie family, Sam Lehman in Eureka appreciates the support they've received from their customers all over central Illinois and beyond. Visit them today at laymangm.com. When I think about intentional holiday traditions, Sean Mazelin is the first person who comes to mind. She has been a personal mentor of mine and many others. I've heard her grown children say how much they valued her intentionality and purposeful traditions. I hope you enjoy our chat. Hi, Sean. Thanks for coming on the Savvy Sauce. Hi, Laura. It's great to be here. For anyone who has not met you yet, can you just share a little bit about yourself?
1: So I am in my 30th year of marriage. I have two adult daughters, two son-in-laws, a son that is a senior in high school and a, another son that is a freshman in high school. I work at a local maternity home for the last couple of years, and I've been very busy with our church and other projects in the community.
0: And you have always poured so much into your family. Why was it important for you to make holidays special with your family?
1: You know, I think that it's so important to build memories. And those are more important, I think, than even the gifts that you can purchase. And when my kids get together, even now as grown adults, they'll talk about some of the fun memories of growing up together and the things that we did and the ways that we celebrated. But I never hear them talk about
0: an item that was purchased. It's always about the quality time that we spent. And for people that didn't know you as you were raising your children, Were you a part-time working mom, a full-time working mom, stay-at-home mom? What did that look like?
1: You know, at various times in our marriage, I've done all of those things. It depended on how I needed to be the best helpmate to my husband. So we were also missionaries for 17 years of our marriage. And when you do that, you're living on faith support And so sometimes I would need to work a part-time job or a full-time job. And sometimes God allowed me to stay at home full-time with my children. So it was a different season for each time, but it was something my husband and I came together on and prayed through. So we had to learn how to be organized and to make family a priority because that was always my trump card. I didn't want my children and the things that were important to fall between the cracks because I was working outside the home.
0: So even in those really busy seasons, how did you carve out time to plan and prepare to make holidays special? Well, I
1: would do a little research before each holiday. And I wanted my kids to have a a clear understanding of what we were celebrating and why we were celebrating it. I think that's one of the keys to parenting is to give the why behind something and so that they understand it and make it their own. Um, there's a lot of cultural ideas around every holiday, but most people don't realize there's a Christian meaning behind all the holidays. And so I wanted to dig to the root of each time and celebrate those moments. For example, Christmas, everyone knows you know, it's the birth of Jesus, but then there's also Santa Claus. Easter, you have the risen Christ, but then there's the Easter bunny. St. Patrick's Day, people talk about shamrocks and green beer or different things like that. And it's really about a man who became a Christian and went back to a country that had enslaved him. And he taught the gospel. As I go through and I, I look at those things, then we've talked about what is important. And so for Christmas, I didn't always do it. You know, as young moms, you're kind of figuring different things out. But we had certain stories that we would share or movies that we would watch um, that were about the birth of Christ. And when we gave gifts to each other, it had a meaning to it. And we'd look for places to serve and give to
0: other people besides ourselves. Okay, friends, get your notebooks out if you're looking for ideas related to specific holidays or even birthdays. So, Sean, let's spend some time and go through the whole calendar year so you can give suggestions. Let's begin with family members' birthdays. What traditions did you do?
1: When they were little especially our finances were very tight. So we couldn't afford to always go out for a big fancy dinner. But I would ask each child what their favorite dinner was and make that dinner on their birthday. And we would set the table very ornately. So we would pull out our nicest dishes and I have a special birthday placemats and Uh, champagne kind of a glass. And I made a birthday plate. Uh, It's a glass plate and you can hand paint it and you bake it. And I've had it for the majority of their growing up years. And now the paint's kind of all scratched off and it's not as pretty as it was when we first started. But every time I talk about making a new one, the kids all protest because they want me to still use that same plate for them. And as we sit around and we eat your favorite meal and we have this really nice dinner, we go around the table and we say something that we value about that birthday person. So we take turns and it's really been amazing to watch my children bless each other and say things that are about their character traits that will build their siblings up. And words have a tendency to take a root in your heart And those things I've just watched bless our family so much to see positive and good things spoken over them. So we do that every year. And it's been amazing because as friends come in or maybe they'll share their birthday with us and we go around the table and friends are there, we watch people incorporate that in their families and in their homes. And it isn't just about a cake and a present. It's about, hey, let's look at who you are on the inside. And we notice who you are, how hard you work how much you give, how funny you are, all of the good things about the person that God has created that's in our family.
0: What about moving on to New Year's Eve and New Year's Day? Did your family do anything special for that?
1: You know, it's just simple. Sometimes we've had game nights and we'll all stay up and we'll, you know, I've made little hors d'oeuvres and we'll invite other families in and we'll have maybe a family versus family game night and keep score of whose families beat the other family and just made it a little competitive and had fun with it. You know, we watched the ball drop or, you know, different things like that. It hasn't really, it's just been more of a free night, but it's a night we've invited people in and just shared um, bringing in that new year. And then as the clock strikes midnight, we usually stop and we pray together and we bring that new year in with a prayer for the coming year and for
0: the people in our lives and for our country and for our leaders. And what about anything special you recommend for Valentine's Day?
1: Valentine's Day, I think that's just something that's in between you know, your family. I love to give all of my kids something sweet and remind them of the sweetness of God and I'll write them cards or I'll do something for each one of them individually. But words of affirmation are a really big deal for us. So I like to write down things that I love about them and then write down things that we see how God loves us and remind them that they're loved, especially as you're growing up and you're in school. Sometimes you don't feel loved and you know the enemy can come in and rob, steal some of the good things that God has done in your life. And so we want to remind our kids that they're loved, maybe when the world is cold and hard. And then just my husband and I, we try to make sure that we go on a date because we want our kids to see us dating. We want our kids to know that we love each other. And I think it's healthy for the kids to know that we have
0: family time, but we also have time for mom and dad. And I remember you sharing with a group that you mentored that you used a certain resource. And I believe it was just called St. Valentine.
1: Yes. It's just going back to the root of the history of how Valentine started. And Valentine, this man, he was a priest and he was put into prison because he was marrying people at a time when marriage was illegal. And the soldiers were supposed to be going off to war. And they thought the men would be distracted if they were married. So they made it illegal to be married. So this priest married people in secret. And as he was caught and put in prison, um, he was getting ready to be persecuted and put to death. And he wrote a valentine to the jailer's daughter. And he signed it, my valentine. And so as I've talked to my kids about this, we just talk about the importance of marriage. And what are you willing to do to uphold what God has created and ordained, and how can we love each other? You know, it's one of the biggest commandments is to love God and to love others. And this holiday encompasses that. So we have a way to uh, share that and say that and uh, talk to others about it.
0: I also remember that St. Patrick's Day was always one of your favorite holidays.
1: Can you tell us more about that? Sure, I love that day because it is about a man who was captured into slavery in Ireland and then he escaped and some bishops found him and he was taught the gospel and he accepted Christ as his savior and he went back to Ireland and then he shared the gospel with people and he shared it in a way that it impacted the entire nation. And the clover is a representation of the Trinity. It's what he used to teach about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit three separate things as one. So I love that day because when we eat dinner as a family on that day, we talk about who we need to forgive and how we can forgive and how we can demonstrate love to others. Um, So it isn't just about, you know, a green shamrock and luck of the Irish. It's about being intentional with the people around us and forgiving and living like Jesus asked us to.
0: And moving on to what Christians believe is the most important holiday, what did you do to teach your children about Easter?
1: Well, there's some really fun recipes that you can do where you can bake a marshmallow inside of, you know, a loaf of bread. And when you put it in and then you bake it and then the marshmallow, it dissolves and the kids can see an empty tomb. Um, I had a little ceramic Tomb with soldiers and Jesus and Mary. And it kind of, we would, I would change the story every day of the week leading up to Easter. So Jesus would be walking into town and the kids, you know, would come through the living room and they would maybe see it on this table. And then the next day, you would maybe see um, the soldiers there or you would see Mary there and then you would see Jesus crucified and you would see him go into the tomb. And then on Easter, we would open it and he was gone. And we would just have tangible little things and you can make those at home. Um, There's lots of great things on Pinterest to show you how to make those. But just making sure that the kids knew it wasn't, what we're doing had a purpose and a meaning much bigger than an Easter bunny because our savior gave his life for us. And so we wanted to help them to understand that as early as possible, that he died for us, but he's living in heaven and uh, we can go there one day. So that's hard for a little mind to capture. So there are some great tools out there for that.
0: I love that. It reminds me of my own tradition growing up with my family. We would call them empty tomb rolls or resurrection rolls, kind of what you were speaking about. It was just a good visual aid as a child to start to understand a glimpse of this mystery. But for anybody listening who wants to incorporate it, you, like Sean said, you take a marshmallow, you roll it up in a crescent roll, and then you can dip it in butter and then roll it in cinnamon sugar and bake it and the marshmallow will disappear. So that's a great practical tip to apply today. How about the 4th of July?
1: It was just a family time, cookouts, sparklers, going to see fireworks. Um, We have holidays as a priority with our kids. So I know there's a lot of families that holidays roll around and everybody scatters and goes other places. But for us, it was another time for us all to come together and celebrate our nation. And and maybe not in a way that was in a deep meaning because we have so much heaviness on so many other holidays, but just a fun time that we're celebrating
0: our independence as a country and, and as having that time as a family. What about Halloween? That can be a tricky holiday. So how did your family navigate it?
1: Sure. You know, uh, my, my husband and I were first married. I tended to swing very strictly on Halloween and we didn't celebrate it at all. I had read many books and had a hard time with that holiday. People would come and knock at the door, and we wouldn't answer the door, and we'd pretend that we weren't home, and that really didn't accomplish anything. So we didn't love that holiday, but we didn't really know what to do with it. And then churches started offering things to do. So we started to participate more in what our churches were offering. And then we did finally come to a point when we were at home, and we would hand out candy and maybe hand out a track with it. Uh, And explain what the gospel was to people. Um, But the origination of that holiday is very pagan. And it's not something that we really had wanted to celebrate. So we drew some lines uh, with what we were celebrating and how we celebrated it and tried to talk through it with our kids. Why do they dress up with costumes? And why are they asking for candy? And we wanted to explain to them that it, it seems simple, but everything has a meaning. So Um, we just wanted them to be cautious. And it's been amazing because, you know, I have one daughter that's grown up and she doesn't celebrate Halloween now. Um, And I have another one that hands out candy at her door. But both of them, I think, would just participate with whatever at their church.
0: That makes sense. And that gives freedom to each listener to use their own discernment, like you said, maybe to understand the meaning behind it. But what an incredible thing to help bring the light of Jesus and be able to redeem something so dark. Right. What do you like to do for Thanksgiving traditions?
1: We love to have a blessing jar where through the year you write things that you're grateful for. And we put them in the jar and we keep them throughout the year. And then on Thanksgiving, pass that jar around and everybody read one of them. Um, and sometimes there has been years where we haven't been great about keeping up with that, so maybe the day before we're scrambling to write things and put them in the jar so we can read it the next day, but we like to make sure that we do say something that we're thankful for, and having family in, and again, making it special, decorating the table, making it ornate, and something that's more than just your average everyday dinner. So we pull out our nicest dinner glasses and our nicest plates and our nicest tablecloths and linen napkins and napkin rings and the nicest serving bowls. And it's a time that we really are coming together and saying, thank you, God, for all of these things and all of these people and all of these situations one thing that I've learned is life is very short and we don't know when the last time we'll all be together is. And uh, I've had holidays where um, the next year, maybe that family member was no longer living. And we didn't realize at the time that was the last time we would have with that family member. And so making those moments special And then we also have a book that we pass around and everyone writes in that book what they're thankful for. And we've had this one journal that we've written in for about 20 years, and it's a pretty big book. But it's so fun to go back through that and see my children's little tiny kindergarten handwriting into their grown adult handwriting and see how their perception and gratitude has grown
0: through the years as well. That's such a great idea. And neat keepsake. Maybe I was inspired by you, something that we do because our kids are so little. Each year, ever since they were born on Thanksgiving, we just trace one of their hands, like the traditional turkey, and then we write to God five things that we're thankful for. I love that. And we just stick it in this Thanksgiving book that we have, and we can pull it out and see how their little hands have grown over the years. And their prayers of gratitude. Mm, I love that. Okay, well, we saved the biggest holiday for last. What Christmas traditions or meals do you recommend?
1: Well, Christmas tradition, um, you know, there are the fun things, the, the stockings, those fun things that we can hang up and put up. And I think my kids have always enjoyed their Christmas stockings more than anything that they've ever received as a tangible gift. But we go ice skating every Christmas Eve. We try to get all dressed up after that and we go to a very nice restaurant as a family. Um, and there's a an older uh, mansion of a house here in the area that's turned into a restaurant. And we love to go to this place and go for an elegant dinner And, you know, just to have something that stands out with the kids and we do that on Christmas Eve and then Christmas morning, everyone wakes up and, you know, you're in your Christmas pajamas and you, we are always opening one gift on Christmas Eve and it's always pajamas and they put those on and they sleep in them and they wear those for Christmas morning. And then we have that opening our gifts. And while we're opening our gifts, I've got a Christmas casserole that's cooking And so after that, we're going into and having a a big brunch and then everyone's playing with their items or, you know, whatever they've gotten for Christmas. And then we transition into the afternoon with a big dinner and family and just people coming in or friends coming in or maybe people that don't have family in the area coming over and just having that time of having the time together. But my husband always reads the Christmas story and shares that. And we just take that time and remember God sending his son. And we read that as a family. And we again have a time of prayer and we just celebrate who Jesus is. And we're so grateful for that. And we may watch you know, the Nativity movie or other Christmas movies and just try to prepare our heart the whole time, not just for the things that people are going to buy that are
0: under the tree, but our heart for who lives there you mentioned a breakfast casserole, even getting really practical for someone who's listening and maybe they're a mom and they feel overwhelmed at Christmas time. Did you make some of that food ahead of time so you could be more fully present that day? I did. I usually
1: made that on Christmas Eve morning because I told you we do have a very full activity day and we're running. So I just would even take, it depends what I had and where we were, but you know, just eggs, spinach, maybe some bacon crumbles, cheese, mix it all up and let it sit in the fridge overnight and then
0: bake it the next day. You shared a really great recipe that was a French toast casserole. Do you remember that? I do. And I don't have the recipe in front of me. But yes, that
1: French toast recipe is one that you make. It's actually, I think it's an Amish French toast recipe. And you can make it the day before it sits in a refrigerator overnight, and then
0: it just bakes while you're opening presents. And it's so easy. And it smells the whole house. And you can even start to associate those smells with Christmas time as a memory. (laughs) Yes. Well, are there any other resources that come into mind that you want to highlight with any of these traditions? Oftentimes we think of food or resources or time spent together. Is there anything else you would add? With Easter, I have resurrection eggs that we
1: share, and you can order them from Family Life. And we go around the table and everyone opens one egg on Easter Day. And it tells you part of the Easter story. And that is always a fun thing for the kids and the adults to do is to open that up and to see the different parts of the aspects of Easter. But as far as preparing meals and making things special... Pull in your heritage, pull in something that was something maybe your grandmother made, or I'm Italian, so we make meatballs on New Year's Day, which is always a fun thing. And I make those the day before, and then they're in the crock pot the whole day on New Year's Day. We just try to pull in some of our heritage and make it special and unique to us. Maybe something I don't do every time or every week, you know, pull out those things that mean something to your family. One of the things that um, I've tried to teach our kids, the verse that's Proverbs twenty-two 1, it says, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be respected is more than gold or silver. And I want my kids to know who they are. So that's why we do those things in our holidays as family, because I want them to embrace being a Maslin, embrace being who God created them to be and to know that that is like the a fulfilling thing to guard your your reputation it's more desirable and to feel the roots of their heritage and so finding those things that are special and unique to your family or maybe your husband's family maybe his grandma made something special that you want to bring in and incorporate and pass on or maybe there's a book or something that they read from years ago that you want to incorporate in your family and pass on as a legacy. So looking for those things that are already there that we don't have to reinvent.
0: I've never thought of that before. And we're going to link to quite a few resources and ideas in the show notes just so people can come here, grab whatever tip works for their family, and hopefully be inspired to create some memories today. And now a brief message from our sponsor. Sam Lehman Chevrolet Buick in Eureka has been owned and operated by the Birchie family for over 25 years. A lot has changed in the car business since Sam and Steven's grandfather, Sam Lehman, opened his first Chevrolet dealership over 55 years ago. If you visit their dealership today, though, you'll find that not everything has changed. They still operate their dealership like their grandfather did, with honesty and integrity. Sam and Stephen understand that you have many different choices in where you buy or service your vehicle. This is why they do everything they can to make the car buying process as easy and hassle free as possible. They are thankful for the many lasting friendships that began with a simple welcome to Sam Layman's. Their customers keep coming back because they experience something different. I've known Sam and Steven and their wives my entire life and I can vouch for their character and integrity which makes it easy to highly recommend you check them out today. Your car buying process doesn't have to be something you dread, so come see for yourself at Sam Lehman Chevrolet Buick in Eureka. Sam and Stephen would love to see you, and they appreciate your business. Learn more at their website, laymanEureka.com, or visit them on Facebook by searching for Sam Lehman Eureka. You can also call them at 309-467-2351. Thanks for your sponsorship. Hey friends, I just wanted to give you a quick reminder that we're asking for ratings and reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast. If you would be willing, could you also hit subscribe to the podcast and share this with a friend? Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. We are called the Savvy Sauce because savvy means practical knowledge or discernment. So Sean, as we conclude today, what is your Savvy Sauce? My Savvy Sauce
1: is taking my family and letting them know how greatly they are loved, to be that encourager. Sometimes as a mom, we become very heavy and we can become about correcting and training, but we forget the loving, the kind, the fun, the investing part of it. And so My Savvy Sauce today would be to be the encourager and to look for the creative, fun ways to build memories into your family.
0: You have such a heart of encouragement, and thank you for sharing all of that with us today. Thank you. One more thing before you go. Have you heard the term gospel before? It simply means good news, and I want to share the best news with you. But it starts with the bad news. The heavens are praising with you for your decision today. If you've already received this good news, I pray that you have someone else to share it with today. You are loved, and I look forward to meeting you here next time.